Howdy, and welcome back to the FPL Jingle. How are you, Stephen? I'm doing well, Owen. How are you? Ah, good, good. We're just off the back of recording episode four, so hopefully we don't sound too tired or anything. Did you do something nice in between? Uh, A little peek behind the curtain, I suppose, letting everyone know that we're recording back-to-back episodes. Um, Nah, I just had dinner. the fourth wall. Lovely. I got got to walk around Eindhoven into the square. Thought about a Big Mac, but forgot my wallet. (laughs) <laughs> so it wasn't uh, it wasn't self discipline that stopped you. It was a uh, lack of finances. Absolutely, I'm still on a honeymoon phase since the marathon of eating whatever the hell I like. Yeah, how long is that honeymoon period lasting for you? Uh, forever. I'm going to Zagreb this weekend, and I have a feeling it's just going to blend together. Oh well, yeah, it's, that's uh, that's a write off. You can write that off right now. Anyway, will we will we introduce our our guests and not keep them waiting any longer? We have a we have a raging bull in a, in a pen here that we're just going to unleash. Tyke, hoppa! Good evening, gentlemen. How are we doing? Ah, <laughs> oh, great! I'm delighted to have you on. I'm delighted to be here. Um, Stephen, how are you feeling today? Yeah, looking forward to it. Excited. Yeah, buzzed. Yeah, um, are you nervous, Tyke? Ah. Not really, no, but you know, there is that element that everything you say gets put on the internet and it's there forever. So, you know, get ready. You could be disgraced and might never get a job again. Ah, should look right now. I'm on my way to looking for a job anyway, so what harm? <laughs> well, I mean, I don't imagine you'd be nervous, Ty, just because of like your kind of musical background. You do like a lot of stuff and like you've actually done, for people that don't know, you've actually done like panto plays and stuff in front of like hundreds of people so i can't imagine this podcast with our limited listener base at the moment as it is is a is a throw got you quaking in your boots that much no not too much he reads yeah. in mass this guy oh stop i mean i am pretty i'm pretty i'm pretty good like i've been doing a lot of stuff over the years i'm pretty good in front of crowds i've had a lot of music and acting so it's actually that's another reason to be on the podcast i'll be able to boost your popularity a bit you know with my my zingy one-liners and such Oh, I thought it was going to be yeah. because of your like loyal fan base, but yeah, I suppose no, no, take... no, 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 just presence, sheer gravity, drawing people in. Uh, we'll take Do a... you know the way you have believers who are fans of Justin Bieber? <laughs> Do you have like flans who are fans of Ty Flynn? <laughs> no, but I want them to start. <laughs> <clears throat> oh, very good. Okay. Uh, sorry, Steve. No, I was just going to say, uh, and Tyg, you've probably been in this league almost as long as Owen and Steve, I'd imagine, since yeah, the yeah. early days in college. Yeah, we, we started playing this. We we originally, I imagine, I listened to the last one, Stephen, as well, but we originally were doing FIFA drafts, and we went, you know what would be great if we do this, but with week-to-week consequence, the thing we actually watch anyway. So I was with part of the original six, the... when I was drafting in a terribly filthy college living room in Nine Dunanor in, in, in Limerick. Yeah, but back when it was when it was FIFA rather than fantasy football, and we actually drafted full teams, we, we, we full moved, rosters, moved players onto the clubs in we, uh, in FIFA and and played out of tournaments using our teams that we had drafted. That was, was tremendous fun. It was absolutely wonderful. So many hours wasted where we had twenty three man squads where we cherry picked the best players from everywhere else in FIFA and put them onto like I don't know Accrington Stanley and other such teams. Not a second wasted, Tyke. Not a second. And then we started with the regular fantasy, and it's blossomed from there. I mean, original six up to an 18-man league now. Who knows what the future is for the, the commissioner, who I uh, jokingly will follow into the night and into the dark at all points in time. He shall never be elected or changed. He is the leader. Yeah, there, there'll, be no, there'll be no overthrowings in this league. No, Owen, commissioner. Uh, good man. <laughs> um, how much? How much on did you pay him to say that? Like, I mean, Jesus! If, it, I'd, known that, if I'd known that that propaganda was coming onto this podcast, I'd at least have given it, listeners a warning beforehand. It's about currying favour. You got to know that most podcasts are trying to sway you anyway. I'm just, I'm being upfront with it. You know? There's a Sadio Mane going Tig's way. Fairly soon. <laughs> <laughs> but now um, I'm gonna move. I'm gonna move us along, um, and I'm gonna get Tig to bring us down through his draft. Yeah, um, which to my memory is questionable. <laughs> I mean, a bit outrageous to have some slander after just giving you the fa- the the feedback and the favour that was agreed off air. But anyway, let's let's move on. Um, and objectively, 
the hardest gra- draft group. I know both of you are going to argue against that point, but objectively, yeah, you'd the be, hardest you'd draft be dead group. right about that. But actually, no. You know what? You got you got Steve Lyons, you got Porrick, you got Connell. Hey, yeah, even no, just the sheer the sheer maths of it right now, five of our six in our league make up the uh, the top half of the nine in the top half. So you know that's just that's just to start off things, you know. Well, no, that can't be right. Five of the top six because five me and Owen are in the no, no. I said five of the top nine. Five of oh, our six sorry. in our draft group make up the top half of the league. So you know, elite. Oh, okay. That sounds like one of those doctor stats that makes a league look good. It just sounds yeah. like one of those stats you make up to make yourself sound better. No, I was looking yeah, at yeah. it today just when I was in, in prepping with myself. Uh, obviously, I, I'll go down through my drafted team now. I suppose, will I go by round rather than position? Yeah, I believe so. I think that'd be interesting. Okay, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I had second pick overall, so a, a kind of a difficult place to be in for myself personally because you're waiting both setting up a round and reacting to the end of them never really like it I'd prefer to be in a first third or sixth kind of position but uh, my first pick I went with Kevin De Bruyne um, terrible repeat pick that, repeat that again because my voice broke Kevin De Bruyne um, it ended up <laughs> yeah, being as it should have terrible <laughs> pick I, I disagree uh, he's a baller and with the midfield shortage in fan tracks this year I, I supported it but I do with hindsight have a slight bit of regret I didn't go with Salah at the time because it was the toss up and I swayed it to the midfield value Yeah, like Salah Second making it to the fourth round probably. in this draft as well as our draft. Uh, surprising. Obviously, you have the lack of midfielders and fan tracks because a lot more players have been ranked as forwards this year. But I mean, Jesus, Salah's. No, it was so, a mistake on my behalf. He's probably the best player in the world at the moment, and I should have went for him because he's. Been, I've owned him for the past three seasons, and I just kind of went. Do you know what? Let's try. It. But it was a mistake. And you never learn. No, I never do. I should have stuck with my boy. Anyway, so De Bruyne was my first pick, and he's going to come good in time. Second round, Vardy, eh, you know, the best you good could pick. pick at that point, to be honest, yeah. Um, then moved on, my my most disappointing annual draft day, absolute howler of a decision. I went with Lucas Digne in the third round after a rush on defenders in our league. I I thought Everton were going to have more clean sheets. I thought he was he was on set-piece duties for the end of last season and through pre-season, and now Andros Townsend has taken that away, so it's... Objectively, yeah. my worst pick of the draft. Yeah, like in, uh, I'm not trying. Went to, Robertson went to the fourth round there. Didn't get picked until like what's that? Six, twelve, eighteen, twenty-second pick. Yeah, but like so if you look at it, Owen. Savino going before him. Yeah, but if you look at it, Owen, there was uh, there was Trent taken at the end of the second, then Ruben Diaz taken at the start of the f- third. So he was probably thinking, oh shit, I better get a good defender now before they're all gone. It was just a shame that he didn't pick a good defender. The reason like, I didn't yeah. pick, in that exact moment, I didn't pick Robertson because he was supposed to be out until around about October and I wasn't comfortable waiting that long when your man Simicast was in in the summer. So it was an unfortunate gamble that has not paid off in my thing. I should have went with Robertson at the time. Yeah, very much so. So uh, your your fourth round then? We went around to the fourth round and I picked up midfielder Mason Mount for Chelsea and just a good pick. Yeah, you know. Made sense. Yeah. In the place where it was, made sense. And Short, I mean, shortage of midfielders. Yeah, and unfortunately with him so far this season, he's just been struggling to be on the pitch. It's, uh, and I'll come to that after we go through my draft. It's a recurring team through my team. Um, anyway, fourth round was himself. Fifth round, I moved down and I got in on the Man City action very early on Ederson picked the goalkeeper in the fifth round and honestly very happy with the pick uh, he was the I think first Ederson's a good goal- pick every year yeah he was the first goalkeeper taken in your draft by the look of it there um, yes. yes fifth round not like, too bad uh, yeah Owen, what do you think? a way better pick than Bukayo Saka or Harvey Barnes or very much Luke so. Shaw or there other was- players that had already gone there were some strange actions going on around that time and you can't really understand why and I went with Ederson then because every other city nailed on starter defender was gone and I was like to be honest I'm going with Ederson because he's going to pick me up six weeks pretty much every six points pretty much every week you know mm-hmm. then sixth round uh, one that is going to come good but has caused me headaches right now it's Marcus Rashford and I as a United fan did not read into the fact that his injury was until this week just gone past I thought it was much sooner I thought it was just before the international break but you know took that with seven weeks I was like that's fine it'll be okay United look good yeah I mean I was in a similar boat I took Rashford knowing that the the long the short term pain I take for the long term gain so I was 
I was fortunate in the fact that I had taken Vardy and Salah already in the draft. So, like, you know, I was able to uh, I was able to soldier on with them too and, and whatever third forward I had. So, um, you know, I mean, like, you, had, you were in a similar situation. You had Vardy there, um, probably maybe just a little bit more reliant on Rashford coming back sooner maybe than what he was able to do. Big time. Uh, Owen? Yeah, my my only complaint here is Man United don't look good uh, at the moment. <laughs> they do look pretty terrible. People calling right? for all eyes. Yeah, yeah, but I think you have to remember the context at the time. Like Jaden Sancho it's had just been signed, Ronaldo had just been signed. There was a lot yeah. of positivity about United going in. Like you know, you thought That's, like that that front three of like Greenwood, Ronaldo, Rashford, and then Bruno in behind them. You thought, oh well. I um I I'll, I'll speak more on that at the end of our dra- of going through these picks as well. I have some contextual points about it, but yeah, for sure. Like the, we always have to think about what this is before any games get played. But went with them. But uh-uh. the injury only really started to make problems when I go through the next few rounds. You know, it wasn't a problem up until I started needing those. Yeah, points. I, I'm looking at your next pick in the next round, and I'm I'm just uh... yeah, it's <laughs> tough. I went seventh the round. The rest ahead. of this draft is atrocious no nah, it is yeah I've had a I've had a tough time <laughs> with it there's been and I, I'll go through it in a while but it's it's been a struggle I've, and I've been I've been clawing through weeks uh, round 7 James Rodriguez I think the less that can be said the better the man yeah was, moving on 8th round he was AWOL let's go um, Reese James 8th round very happy with this pick I've had tragedy with him though in recent weeks picked him up he got Suspended, stuck through him, ended up with only three defenders and one of them didn't play one week. So the next week I had him, got sent off, suspended until after the international breaks, then picked up an injury as well. So I had to drop him. Got snapped away from me in the in the waiver wire. Pretty tough. Yeah, yeah. No, Reese James, good pick. Yeah. Just unlucky with the suspension and the injuries. Again, I have him, so I would know myself. Uh, your, your next pick in the ninth round is, is fascinates me here. I'd love to know the thinking behind it. Yeah, number Champions nine. League was... medal. Sorry, Owen. Champions League medal, Ryan Bertrand. Yeah, ninth pick, Ryan Bertrand. And I have to say, very co- confident going into this round with, with that pick. Ryan Bertrand was on set pieces all summer with uh, Leicester as among the first team squads. He's a really good player. He always is a surprising one in fantasy. And I thought Leicester's defence was going to be good. And I think every single owner who's had a Leicester player in defending it can agree. It's, uh, it's just been a strange way for the season to play out. They've not done it, well at all. But, but it's not even that, Ty. It's that he was never going to be a starter. Like, Castagna and Pereira would be the starting fullbacks. And then you have Thomas there as well. Bertrand was only yeah. ever brought in as a backup player, really. So, I don't know. There was a... I know he. Whatever you're saying about him taking all the set pieces in the summer, but like, I mean, a lot of the players were still at the Euros or only coming back from the Euros and needed a rest. Like, I, yeah. Anyway, Tyg is, is going to have to be scraped off the floor after this. I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, 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 I'm conscious of stopping myself too early just so we can take, so so we can continue to have him for the rest of the pod. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. I can take him because all of again, it's all contextual. A lot of a lot of it, I was very comfortable with at the time, and injuries and and playing has ruined me. Uh, since Bertrand's been on, not injured, he was injured start of season myself as well. Mm-hmm. He's actually come back and been starting ahead of Castagna and Thomas when they're around because they were also injured. So it would have come good if Leicester were any good defending this year, but they're not. Well, we might uh, we might just rattle through the 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 last sure. five, five five picks just because you know. I mean, obviously they're they're players that you want in your squad, but they're they're not as important as maybe like the first nine or ten picks no first round was most important and you know the rest of them are more or less kind of swaying things I, I in tenth round I went with Todd Cantwell from Norwich assumed he'd be the only bright light for them to the season but he hasn't been able to even manage that so that punt was just you know why not one of the last midfielders I, the last midfielder I was taking yeah yeah Norwich just have not been anywhere near the pace uh, they looked terrible for a team that won the championship last year, they just don't look uh, Premier League side, and you'd anticipate them getting relegated fairly early on in the season. Yeah, it's one of the worst performances, uh, I think. Is it the worst performance? Ah, uh, well, no, I think uh, that belongs Derby to still. Sunderland. Derby still. Derby no, Derby or, no, it's Derby. Right? It's Derby. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. No. No. no I so mean, that was that's that's historical levels of bad, and I don't know if they'll they'll match that. But geez, at the moment, get, they're going the wrong pace. 
they're on pace mm-hmm. for it yeah anyway found great value in the next round with the 11th pick Callum Wilson another devastating story of him being taken away from me on injuries because I only had one active forward at one point with it it was devastating to see him go honestly yeah good pick great pick. yeah very yeah. good pick in that round considering you yeah I think it even gone at that point. The twelfth round went with a player that had great promise through the summer, but has been constantly injured since. It's Leon Bailey for Aston Villa. Um, still kind of wouldn't mind a run on him if he has a bit of health with Villa because they look good this year and will almost certainly be around that seventh spot. Ah, uh, yeah. When he's fit, he he starts like he kind of showed what he's kind of what kind of star quality he has. He came off the bench, a goal and an assist, and then was unlucky to get injured. But mm-hmm. you'd imagine when he's fit, he starts along with uh, Watkins and Ings. That's a and Buendia. That's a potent uh, front four. Absolutely, a bit of disappointing with Bailey. Yeah. Ah, oh, well see where he comes from in the next few weeks might get him again round 13 a player who broke my heart just this weekend it was Tarek Lamptey for Brighton been injured all season I specifically brought in Veltman this week to get points and then he got subbed off before he could get clean sheet points for Lamptey just a just a sad case for Lamptey with me so far he came on to replace Veltman yeah yeah lost me a clean sheet point and we'll speak about that in a little while <laughs> Jesus jeez uh, that's that's the the Chelsea boys doing me a favour across across the board, you know. I know it's ridiculous. Uh, uh, insert uh, insert. He can't keep getting away with it. Gift. <laughs> <laughs> then fourteenth pick, and I honestly am amazed that he fell around here. Sir Greggy on for Sergio Greggy on for Tottenham. Outrageous that he was in the fourteenth round, and I couldn't believe my luck. Yeah, um, at the start of the season, he looked a great pick. Or I, I kind of agreed with that. I kind of went for Matt Doherty thinking, well, like he had the best form of his career with Nuno over at Wolves, so mm-hmm. hopefully he can revive it. But uh, it just seems like that, that, that defence is just so shaky. They don't have a reliable centre-half since they got rid of Vertonghen and Alderweireld. They just, they're like, Davison Sanchez and Christian Romero, who's still just settling in. So you're not going to be relying on him quite yet, and Eric Dyer. I mean, none of them inspire confidence, and then you have Joe Roden, who I don't know is uh, up to the caliber of that squad. I think he is brought in as a as a bench player, a squad player. Um, so look, eh, he's just been. It was unlucky, but it was worth the punt at four at the fourteenth pick. I think Serge is a good pick. Um, Spurs might turn a corner now. Uh, you might, might play themselves into form there after the game against Newcastle where I had an absolute stinker obviously the previous three fixtures um, uh, after you going on about that Spurs defence you also have Emerson Royale or Royale Emerson whoever it's pronounced um, he's also another questionable boy mm-hmm. but uh, I think Serge has that left back spot locked down and you know if anything is good is going to come out of Spurs that's the defender I would want yeah, yeah, no, couldn't. Uh, I'm very happy with the fourth round pick, and he's an, always in a, always a threat for an assist. But um, and then fifteenth round, last pick of the draft, it was Nick Pope, solid Burnley keeper. Why not second sub keeper? Generally, it's a good pick. Go, yeah. Going to be gotten rid of every week anyway for clean sheets. So what about it? Okay, that's my draft. Uh, I mean, we, we we kind of tore it apart as we went down, but. Uh, I don't, I don't know. Do you want to kind of sum it up, Steve? Is there anything? Yeah. Um, no, I'm going to. I'm going to talk jump, about it I am, during the week. I am. I am coming in before you do any more slating. I'm putting a bit of a fight back up. I told you I was all right. Here we come with all of my de- desperate, unfortunate situations I've had. I had seven of my fifteen started players that I drafted were injured in the last in just this week, and through the week I've had absences of, of eight of these players. I had to completely drop and pick up people. Uh, it's been a nightmare Callum Wilson as I said earlier James Rodriguez useless Reese James then he only had two defenders one week had to get rid of him and he was taken away I had Laporte who got in as a city starter had to drop him oh, it was as a nightmare it's been a, it's been a tough week the, the fact that I'm still in the top half has been a real truth to my wavering because we'll talk about my current team after a while but uh, my, my draft I think is probably the worst or second worst of our people drafts in our league I think Connell also had a very random time uh, to go back to your question earlier on uh, the, the defence rests defence rests hey I said I was getting uh, yeah, back in of, I was going to come in and defend yeah. that now you can slate away again yeah. if you want bit, bit, of, bit of misfortune uh, a bit of 
poor decisions. Yeah. Um, but in <laughs> fairness, you've kind of put it back together over the last few weeks, and we're going to talk about that. Uh, I think Luca Dean was a bad pick. I like it. There was a real lack of midfielders, but I don't think anyone should have been picking up Hammers. Um, yeah, Todd no. Cantwell was, yeah, we, I, I didn't anticipate Norwich being this bad. No. Uh, Leon Bailey's very unfortunate. He would have been a nice one to have been doing a job. Lampty injured so, with the Brighton defence being very good. I won't, be, I won't be putting you up there with one of the best drafts. I'll be putting you down there with one of the worst. <laughs> but yeah, a mixture of misfortune and bad decisions. And But, uh, you know, when we look at your season now soon, uh, it's been going fairly well. So, yeah. yeah, fair play mm-hmm. on that. I uh, had to fight back into it. We had to fear. Oh, uh, before Stephen, before you speak, I actually was listening to your last podcast with, about the with the last guest you had, and you're talking about Varane dropping so low in our league. And I was interested to hear just how much confidence you both had in United's defence at the start of the season. I, as one of the three, four United fans in our draft, I just had absolutely zero confidence in their defence keeping clean sheets. Yeah, that I was might be away that Varane went that deep. That might be a similar type of way that I don't have any faith in the faith in the Arsenal defense. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, when you're talking about a, a guy who has won four Champions Leagues and a World Cup, like, yeah. I, I think and he's going to improve any sort of defense. And United, yeah. well, I, I had bo- I, I had, had both a, a good Euros as well. Yeah, and I also last yeah. season I had both De Gea and Henderson, so I kind of had an idea of United's defense. And I was thinking, geez, if the, if he can. If he adds an extra one or two or maybe three clean sheets onto what they had last season, they'll be doing well. But uh, it's just unfortunate that the way things have been going lately. But um, no, I, I still think that he was... 12 uh, was think, low. 12 was Yeah, low. 12, it was. was it was. Um, especially considering that United don't rotate that back four at all, bar injury. Um, mm-hmm. I, I thought that that was, a, that, was, that was too low. And I'll stand by that. Shaw was also highly touted coming into this this season. Yeah, uh, he's not really done it, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I I certainly thought many nights of defense was something you wanted to get a hold of. I I was I got I drafted Maguire fairly early, but he got injured, and I've replaced him with Lindelof. Now Maguire's back. <laughs> yeah, that kind yeah, of backfired. Yeah, it is. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, will we get into uh, your your current team, Tiger? The most recent team that you had for your draw against the uh, Mister Kanhidi. Yeah can indeed yeah the yeah, last maybe I'll just um, I'll give a description of, of where Tyg is Tyg has four wins and a draw and three losses uh, relatively low points scored of 290 and level with myself on points against which is also relatively low of 279 uh, Tyg has gone two games winless so that sees him in ninth just completely lost where your team is ninth, ninth. So yeah, very very mid table. Um, I mean the, de- the <laughs> definition the yeah. definition of mid table yeah. alone, some would say, yeah. in an eighteen man league. Mm-hmm. So I mean, like you know, quite quite mid table, or you know, fairly mid table. No, it is um, it, almost exactly mid table. <laughs> so yeah, like kind of kind of around the mid table area. Oh Jesus, moving on. But given that draft tag, I think you're doing fairly well. And yeah, give us a look at what your team is like now. Yeah, I've been a very frequent wavering manager. I always, I, I tend to get in at least one or two people every week that's got good fixtures coming up. So I, right now my team looks probably about, it's probably about half different. I'd say there's only about six players from my draft still there. We've got Ederson in goal, backup keeper of Robert Sanchez on Brighton. Uh, it's been a very solid subkeeper subbing in different weeks. I'm uh, a major proponent of each weekend looking for a subkeeper that is going to get good possibilities of a clean sheet because subkeepers are always available. Um, then moving on through my defenders I now have Andreas Christensen for Chelsea Luca Digne Sergio Reguilon Nelson Semedo at Wolves and Veltman at um, Brighton who I was just discussing at the weekend let me down against Norwich he's going to be kicked out again then I have De Bruyne in midfield Mount Connor Gallagher for Palace Leandro Trossard for Brighton Huang Hee Chan for Wolves Rashford Jamie Vardy and Timo Werner, who I just switched in this weekend instead of Mason Greenwood. Oof, uh, mm-hmm. a lot of changes. Yeah, yeah it's a lot, a lot of, of it's a lot of changes. Um, Sanchez for Pope was good. Uh, just yep. going direct comparison between draft and now, uh, picking up and uh, Christensen another good uh, pickup. Uh, Veltman is that like rotating 
kind of fifth defender that you can afford to to drop and pick up. Yeah. Um, midfield is solid. Same as my same as my goalkeeper situation. I always yeah yeah. Uh, midfield is solid. Kevin De Bruyne, Conor Gallagher, Mason Mount. When he's back fit, I imagine will be starter almost every week and doing the business. Uh, Trossard probably like that again probably a similar kind of uh, random fourth midfielder you can afford to drop or have on your bench because when you have four fit forwards in fan tracks that's always what you're going to want to do um, Rashford uh, and Vardy a good combo up top uh, Timo Werner uh, I think that's a mistake really just given <laughs> his, his lack of goal scoring form over the last like year and a bit uh, Huang Hee Chan was interesting especially considering the two goals he got in the last fixture but I mean, when you're talking about dropping Callum Wilson, um, yeah, like you, you knew drafting Callum Wilson that he was going to get injured at some point in the season. But when he starts, he's almost guaranteed goals, especially in that poor Newcastle side. So um, I was, I was really surprised uh, about dropping Reese James. Um, but I mean, considering you've got Christensen in there, that kind of makes up for it. Yeah, well. It's all contextual, you see. Each one, the, each player that lost was because of other injuries in my team where I'd only have eight players. And I was like, I'm going to have to pick up something. There's a tough choice being made here. And Huang Hee Chan, it came in because as he's playing now full minutes for Wolves a lot of the time, which is promising for a player in that Wolves team when Jimenez wasn't doing business. He's my rotating one. Werner, I only just picked up because of Chelsea's strong run of fixtures coming up. And the reason I have him is because I... Again, as a United fan, don't trust having two members of that front thing when they're playing. So I have Rashford and Greenwood had to. I, I made a tough call and to see where it goes. Backfired this weekend against Leicester, but you know we'll have to see. I might be back in that race again. There's a lot of strong forward teams in our in our league in our draft group. Our waiver can be vicious for that. Yeah, I can see why you'd pick up Werner. Did he get two goals or one there for Germany? Two uh, in the international, and then he scored a goal before the break as well. Chelsea have a fantastic run of fixtures. Like He's kind of going to be hard to drop, given that they've Norwich next day out. I suppose you can look at the... see if he gets a game during the Champions League and think about that one. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I'd I'd also find it tough to hold on to Greenwood and Rashford in a kind of stuttering Man United forward line. Especially they've um, they've a horrendous run of fixtures coming up now where they're playing Liverpool, absolutely. City, then Palace, then Chelsea, Arsenal. Even Palace are no gimme at this point in time. They look pretty good offensively. So, yeah, it was, it was it's some of those tough decisions that backfire on me in time. But he who dares wins. I'm in mid table. You got to go for points now and to worry about it later. Yeah, yeah. Those Champions League spots. Yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah. The the uh, the team of one is an interesting. Uh, it's an interesting one because and we'll probably get onto it in a bit when we go to look at the fixtures for the weekend I imagine he is probably going to start during the Champions League and then I think he'll get a rest at the weekend and I think because it's Norwich they'll probably uh, roll out Lukaku so he can try and break his duck of not scoring in his last six games probably give Ziyech a run out Mount will probably get a start and just trying to maybe freshen up the, 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 the lineup a little bit um, I'll be watching out for that the the midweek Chelsea team for sure because I have Christensen, Mount and and Werner, so I have to see about them dropping and, or picking them up and depending yeah, on exactly, their exactly, yeah. Oh, and as a Chelsea fan, have you any key insights for me right now? Uh, well, I was just going to comment on Ziyech. Interestingly, he's fallen out with the Moroccan international team. Just coach says he's lazy and missed Chelsea's game against um, Brentford due to a headache which kind of sounds a bit odd. Um, so I wouldn't be touching Ziyech at the moment. Um, yeah, we mentioned in the last pod that Chelsea have been trying the two-striker thing, Lukaku-Werner. Um, we'll see who starts during the week. If Werner plays 90 minutes, he might not play at the weekend. It might be Lukaku with Mount and Havertz behind him, maybe something like that. Uh, I, I, I expect a rotated team in the Champions League. And then um, a strong team against Norwich because uh, the performance against Brentford wasn't any good, so they kind of need to bounce back. And well, for the last year or two, Chelsea have needed to go out and beat a team five or six nil, and mm. they haven't been able to do it. And I think you know, to, there's always going to be this doubt that Chelsea can't score. So I expect a strong team against Norwich, and I expect I I, I don't know whether it's going to be one or two strikers. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see what that that lineup looks like on on Wednesday night before we can uh, before you know for certain. But 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Watch an eagle eyed for that waiver wire because it's always it's always cutthroat. As I'll say yet again, in our group of deaths, five out of our six players are in the top half of the league. Just you know, reinforce that. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, well, just gonna move on from that stat that Tiger seems to love plugging. Uh, it's where he's getting paid by the league every time he says it. Um, we move on to, to, to this weekend's fixture zone. Yeah, I think that's good. Tiger, any last word in your team? Uh, I've consistently been my own worst enemy through draft, so you know it's now six years playing. We'll we'll see how this year goes, but I'm I'm cautiously optimistic based on the core ten I have. So that's about about all yeah. I can say. Yep, yeah. well, you have to go toe to toe with the demons. Uh, get, that, get was, <laughs> that was that was Tiger's team. Thanks, Tyg, for that in-depth analysis of your team and your season so far. Uh, shall we look at the weekend ahead, boys? Let's do it. Should do, yep. Nice one. Um, yeah, so I'm just going to shout out the fixtures and then um, maybe you can um, give me something interesting. So we have Arsenal, Aston Villa, Chelsea, Norwich, Palace, Newcastle, Leeds, Wolves, Everton, Watford, Southampton, Burnley, Brighton, City... West Ham, Tottenham, Brentford, Leicester, and then uh, Cracker, Man United, Liverpool. So stand out for me here, Chelsea, Norwich. Um, not that I'm that particularly fond of the Chelsea forwards, but definitely if you have anything in terms of a Chelsea defender, you're starting it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's just a case of uh, which defenders are probably going to be starting. Um like does Chilwell get the nod over Alonso or does Alonso come back in? Does Reese James get the nod in uh, after coming back from yeah, injury? We'll... Uh as is almost guaranteed to start, I'd say Thiago Silva probably likewise. Or um then you're talking about Christensen Ru- or Rudiger. I don't know if Rudiger is still out injured on his ear. Yeah, there's also the scandal he's back says injury. His, his contract sure extension at the min uh, his contract extension at the moment is kind of a uh, thing hanging over his head in terms of his getting into the team or their opinion of him and I, I, I'd feel comfortable with the Christensen being the start there because he's been playing most Premier League minutes it's more about as you said the Tuchel what's he going to do with those wing back positions that's what you'd look out for I also think it's important to mention that that Chelsea fixture is a Saturday half 12 kickoff, and that is notoriously oh. untrustworthy you can't be you can't you, you never can't, you never bet kickoff. on the half 12 kick never ever back the early kickoff. can never back that. it yeah I believe that's the founding principle of, uh, of life itself Um but I, I, I do think that I, what I'd expect from that not trusting the half twelve kickoff is probably just going to be an absolute route from Chelsea, and then maybe a Norwich goal late on, something stupid like that. Yeah, I imagine it'll be something Chelsea. similar to what Liverpool did with Watford, like the week mm-hmm. just gone. Mm-hmm. I can see um, Chelsea dominate possession, winning one nil, and then it being a dodgy last few minutes. Mm-hmm. But, I'd uh, say one of the sli- yeah, one of the it's... sneaky sleepers of the weekend there is probably the half five on Saturday of Brighton against City. That's that should be a nice Saturday evening game. It's it's not objectively the best game of the weekend, but you have to love how Graham Potter has made Brighton look this year. They look like a really compact side who can play quite good football. I I picked up Trossard very early on in the season, and he's been returning points on an elite level as amongst the midfield options. So it's they're a good team against City that that that, that evening. Yeah, a tough team. I find tough to look at their lineup and say, "Oh, he's class." Yeah, but yeah, their style of football is great. Their their defense is actually top notch as well. Uh, I I do expect City to to win this one. Um, which yeah, it'd be cracker of a game, but I'd be saying City win. And again, you know, you're struggling to pick your City forwards there. You'll you'll monitor the Champions League during the week, same as Chelsea. Yeah, Brighton, really. Brighton, that Brighton team are more than the sum of their parts. Like uh, the individual much, uh, players themselves, that aren't, aren't much. But when they they go into that system, they're 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 a much better side. I'd be the similar opinion that you won. I, I fancy City to get the yeah. win there. Um, it's just a case of whether they win to nil or not. Like uh, I was just going to ask, clean sheet. Uh, I mean, you're going to start if you've had if you have any City defenders, you're going to be starting them in that game. Like definitely, you're going to start uh, them for will, sure. But that game has a feeling of a two-one city. It's 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 got that kind of air to it. I feel. 
Yeah, yeah, I, I, I have that uncomfortable feeling about um, losing the clean, clean sheet, sheet as well. Mm. Yeah, for if, if we're looking, if we're looking at clean sheets, I think Everton Watford is an interesting one for a clean sheet. I think just the way Watford were so disorganized and so disorientated against Liverpool. I know it was Liverpool they were playing against, but my God, they just looked, they looked lost out there. And uh, that Everton team don't concede too many cheap goals. I think the goal they conceded against West Ham was was a really well worked corner. Um, I, I'd be looking at maybe picking up a, a def- Everton defender this weekend. Uh, yeah, I, I. It's been a year or two since I've been picking up an Everton defender. I had Luca <laughs> Dean actually for a while last season, but more so for his attacking output than the thoughts of a clean sheet. I wasn't very slow to trust teams for clean sheets usually. Um, I also yeah, Watford look atrocious against Liverpool. Uh, sorry, Tyke. Well, I was just about to say. I think if you're looking for clean sheets, that those three o'clock kickoffs on Saturday, uh, all four are fodder for possible clean sheets. You've Palace against Newcastle. Only the fact that Callum Wilson's back makes that you think, oh, probably not. And Palace look slightly shaky, but that's possible clean sheets in either direction. Then you've Everton against Watford, as you said. Don't need to go back over that. Leeds Wolves. Leeds look very toothless with the fact that Rafinha has been in and out. Pamford is injured. Ailing is out. Uh, Phillips I think in Bamford midfield. Might be back. Is he back? Oh well, then that's not so much for clean sheet one then to be thinking of. And then lastly, in that three o'clock too, there's Southampton Burnley. I think Southampton are a, a decent share for clean sheets there. If you're looking to pick somebody up on on nil, defense nil for value, all over that for me. Yeah, that feels that feels like a nil nil if ever I see one. Like it's going to end up being a ridiculous three one for just no reason at all to Burnley. But you know. Uh. It should be a good clean sheet option that game. I think if you're, I think if you're desperate for a, for a defender for a clean sheet, that's it's worth a punt. But I think if you have only like one defender, like for myself type of scenario, I have one defender that I can rotate in and out. Yeah, I'm not looking at that game. Uh, I did look at it myself. Uh, Burnley so far this season have looked pretty pretty meh up front, like what they mm-hmm. always have. They typically just grind out results, but I mean, it is Southampton we're talking about, and this is a Southampton, Southampton side that's missing a lot of a lot of quality. So you just never know. You never know. Um, yeah, the worst Southampton in years is what we're saying. Uh, I, I, I don't, an, yeah. I don't anticipate a, a clean sheet in the Palace Newcastle game. Uh, I think Vieira, the way he has Palace playing, they they play more attacking, possession based football now. They don't uh, shut up shop like they do under like they they did under Hodgson, and uh, I think likewise Newcastle are are kind of with Callum Wilson back and say Maximan. I think they're going to have enough. They're going to get enough chances. I wouldn't be looking at that game for any sort of clean sheet myself. Yeah, no, it's be Everton, yeah. Watford for sure, and Southampton, Burnley that are the the clean sheet options there if you're thinking about it. And and I think if you're not talk talking about Southampton in terms of clean sheets this year, they've had they've had a nice few already. They they are they are a dangerous squad squad in terms of keeping a clean sheet. You you never really fully trust them, but they look like they could be value against Burnley because Burnley are poor. But I'd agree that Everton, Watford is definitely your lead contender looking for a fifth rotating defender going in if you can get an Everton player. In uh, in almost a, a transition a away from uh, possible clean sheet discussions in a in a game that I think will might be actually more attacking based than anything else is Brentford against Leicester. Uh, I think Hell both yeah. sides there will, I think both sides there will kind of give it a go. Brentford notoriously known for being tough to play against and very attacking and unrelenting in the way that they want to play. And Leicester, who don't really look like they can keep a clean sheet, so they're kind of reliant on scoring goals more. So I think that has a. That's going to be an exciting game, I think. Um, as as a, as a Vardy and uh, as a Vardy owner, I'm looking forward to that one. And I also have um, the Brentford striker's name escapes me at the moment. Tony, I also Tony. have Tony. Yeah. So yeah, I'll be starting both of them boys. Oh, that 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 Sunday is chock a block full of good fun, but football. That is a that is a great viewing day in terms of actually sitting down to watch football for the afternoon. You got Brentford, Leicester, and West Ham Spurs. They're going to be full of goals, you'd imagine. And then United Liverpool can be fifty fifty, great sometimes, terrible other years. But it's a good day, good day to sit down and just watch a lot of football. Yeah, yeah, Sunday looks good. Um, just to go back to that Brentford Leicester game. It'll be interesting to see if Leicester keep up that um, 5-3-2 that they played in the last game. Yeah. Uh, Brentford obviously played the same system. Um, and I'd love to see Leicester continue to play with two strikers, with Madison or Perez or someone, whoever in behind. 
Um, yeah, yeah Perez, Perez might not be a bad shout. He had two assists against United, and Madison hasn't really been playing all that well this season, so don't be surprised if you see maybe Perez come in for a start there. Uh, but I would say Perez is, is Perez. historically an absolute pain in terms of fancy pickup. Like, if you're picking up Yotza Perez, you can be heartbroken because he might get four goals in one weekend and then he goes and does absolutely nothing for ten weeks. Like, it's 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 a dicey game you're playing but going after Yotza Perez. Ah, uh, well, I think you... Yeah. We're giving them the advice and do with that what they will. Like I'm not forcing any, I'm not forcing anyone to waver in Ayose Perez. Hedge and bets. You heard there. it here first. Stephen says Ayose Perez for a brace. Yeah, he, it's that's what Stephen's backing, and I'm saying you know, watch it careful, careful now. Uh, Man United Liverpool. Um, I expect Liverpool to go to town and United. To I guess, uh, yeah, I'm so pessimistic about that game. I can see United you know, getting a goal, but it's going to be four-one. Possibly they, they do. They do play up to their opposition. Um, but Maguire was shaky. Varane's injured. Lindelof is Lindelof. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know now the yeah, one thing about Solskjaer it would be a book it would be a book in the trend if, if Man United were to produce a performance here the one thing about Solskjaer is that they typically do get that one game against the top four side that they win or they play really well or they get a draw or something like, I was there's... about to say yeah as a United fan like every time that Ole goes on these runs of just having we'll talk about it now I suppose this is a natural segue and I'd like to hear your opinions about it as non-United fans but as but watching United it's just it's desperately apparent that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer does not have an actual team tactic that he's getting players to buy into and consistently do the same plan he's just letting all the lads go out there and play a bit of ball which works very frequently but he it's going to be the classic case now where he has a terrible run of fixtures they get a massive result out of the next they get two wins out of the next four or five games and it'll look great again two wins two draws or something and it's just going to save him for another few months it's an endless loop so it's it's a results based business isn't it you know the 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 criticism has been there for years um but the results have been contrary to the criticism but if you're a man united fan you probably want them to be more so contending in the champions league and the premier league and all is probably not the man for that he's he's the man to definitely get above fourth or, or, or that but i think if they're to do any better all is not the man so um right short term these games suit Oli because United play a counter-attacking mm-hmm. football and hit teams on the break where they struggle is to, in games where they have the majority of possession and they have to break teams down because they don't have a system for doing that at least not consistently enough so that's where they love that's what they love to do and that's what Oli has set the team up to do long term the team has been built for success you've got uh, you've got Harry Maguire, you've got Rafael Varane, you've got um, Bruno, you've got Sancho, you've got Rashford, you've got Greenwood, you've got Ronaldo in for the next couple of seasons at least. Like That team now is set up for success. And what I will say is, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, for the experience that he brought into the role at the time, has done well for United. Like considering that he was managing Molde in the Norwegian league and before that was at Cardiff where he had a disastrous managerial spell that saw them get relegated. Like he's gone in and done well in that role and shored up the ship and gotten United close to where they need to be, but he's not gonna get them over the hump. I think now yeah. they're kind of at the stage where they're looking for the next Tuchel they're looking for the next Klopp or the Pep or someone that's going to get them to that elite level and get them over the line yeah I do. that's they're, that's they're, more or uh, less what I'd be coming from too I, I, I was glad to hear your opinion about them but like that is exactly how it is it's just all set up to be a good counter-attacking person and rely on individual talent I think Ole's done great more or less you know he's gotten to a very stable place like he's definitely I so much happier now than I was watching Mourinho teams like I just never wanted the man there he's not really suited towards modern English football unless he makes a change but in terms of next steps I think he has all the tools and he has to prove that he can do it now if he can great but I'd say maybe the summer is a time to start thinking about is there a new coach out there that can be brought in instead but we'll have to see what happens in the interim but it's it's an interesting question that I'd say even listening to us speak about it now is probably ad nauseum repeating points that everyone's made across the internet for a year and a half. Yeah, they're 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 a win now team without a win now coach. Yeah. 
That's what I, I think the it. easiest way to summarise it. Yeah, yeah. Um, we more or less actually two, missed at the start of the whole week. There's Arsenal, Aston Villa. I mean, yeah, Stephen was going to pull us back to yeah. just to the last two fixtures we haven't discussed in detail yet, which is West Ham versus Spurs and Arsenal versus Villa. Uh, I find it tough to read the Arsenal Villa game. I to be honest, I don't see a clean sheet, and no. I, I'm not sure I want anything to do with that game. Yeah, really. I think if you've got Danny Ings or someone like that, you start them. Um, I don't anticipate Arsenal keeping a clean sheet against Villa. I think they'll have enough. Um, yeah, Villa, Villa Ars- look too good for Arsenal to be keeping a clean sheet. Uh, I don't, I don't Villa, know. If- they haven't fully figured it out, but they're getting there. Like they haven't fully figured out the like beforehand. It was uh, Grealish and Watkins, and give them the ball, and that that's how we'll how we'll well we'll go. We will go as well as Grealish and Watkins go. And then when Grealish got injured, they were obviously uh, they were obviously struggling towards the end of the season. So they're figuring out the system that they want to play with these new players that they brought in. I understand that, and they're getting there. Uh, I just think the way that Arsenal are playing, they leave themselves open to making silly mistakes themselves, and they're leaving themselves open to conceding goals. And I know this, they concede, they haven't conceded, or they hadn't conceded in the last while, but yeah, they just always have it in them. Uh, I wouldn't be looking to back an Arsenal clean sheet here. No. Yeah, I'm. I so me struggling away here with Allison and Ramsdale. I want to hold on to Ramsdale, and I don't really want to start Allison against Man United. So that's um, going to be an interesting weekend for me. Uh, you just um, may as well bring in somebody at the weekend who's going to face it. Uh, defense I would start Allison if I were you. Uh, like I'd if, be keeping Allison. I I would start Allison because if you, if. You, Liverpool do concede it's only likely to be one whereas if Arsenal do concede it's likely to be two or three and I think percentages wise you've got a better chance of United Liverpool finishing nil nil or one nil than Arsenal Villa finishing in your favour there mm-hmm. yeah that doesn't that sounds like uh, both teams to score a fixture mm-hmm. um, okay um, then West Ham the first. time I'd uh, yeah um, I'd like to move us on to our teams and what we're going to be doing for the weekend. I'm just a little conscious of the time. We've 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 ran for 50 minutes. Um, we're such good company. Uh, quickly, That's quick, the problem there, quick, you know. Yeah, yeah. Quickly, uh, I suppose Spurs turning a corner, but West Ham in great form. I'd, I'm actually back in West Ham going into that game. Have you have you a quick thing to say about it? Um, I fancy uh, Kane and Son to do something in that game again. I think this. I don't know something about that fixture. I think. Um, Kane will get back on the score sheet again. I think now that he's kind of got one against Newcastle, I think he'll kick on now. Um, That's... Don't fancy a clean sheet in that one. Uh, I think it'll be an entertaining game, though. Yeah, very entertaining game. Uh, it's tough to choose between Brentford, Leicester, and West Ham Spurs on that slot at two o'clock on Sunday to watch. If you've two screens, you should put a ball on. But I. I think that's a bit of a stay away game for me and can help anything new if you've got them I'd play whatever players you have for that but uh, you wouldn't want to be bringing in specific forwards around the edges of that squads or defenders for anything seems seems like a dodgy fixture if you're relying on it yeah I'd, I'd be of the same sentiment as yourself Ty uh, okay that was the weekend thanks guys for summing that up and giving us your, your tidbits um, it is now time to move on to our teams and what we're going to do okay so now it's time to look ahead at what we're going to do for the weekend or our plans or or, or, our thinkings uh maybe ty you might kick us off and and, on who you're definitely starting or benching or who might be getting the chop sure sure well as I, I mentioned it up towards the top of the podcast, I'm a very frequent rotator of my second keeper, fifth defender, and fifth midfielder. It just seems like something that, or rather in this year's fan tracks, four midfielders. It, it seems like something that you can always pick up value around the league if you're looking at your last pitches of those. So I'll almost certainly be moving on from Sanchez in the short term because Brighton do not have the best of goalkeeper fixtures for clean sheets. It's, it's touch and go for a couple of weeks. So I'll be, for this coming weekend, I mean... There's, as we were talking about, there's some some fixtures that feel like they may be possible clean sheets, but it's 
it's hard to really know what what you're going to seize on for a goalkeeper. There's no standout fixtures in terms of subkeepers that you could pick up. Only only Everton Watford is a nailed on like that feels like a clean sheet, and Pickford is almost certainly taken in my league anyway. Yeah, yeah, we discussed Everton Watford there, and uh, Everton looking like a likely clean sheet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, you'll be starting Ederson, I presume, I, against Brighton. I, I couldn't help but if uh, if I didn't, it'd be not wise I will be starting Ederson yes sinful yeah no it wouldn't make sense not to because as good as Brighton are and I do have Trossard myself in midfield uh, you know I'd be, I'd be shooting myself in the foot trying to go for that Like exactly exactly any changes in the heart of the defence well this is where it's a little complicated because you know I've got a couple of boys that can be considered moving around I'm definitely dropping Veltman that's just you know he's my, as my fifth defender it's that rotating spot but then I'm looking yep, at that sense. yeah I'm looking at that Wolves Leeds fixture for my remaining defender uh, of Nelson Semedo and it's tricky you know you, d- you don't know how much you want to stick with a defender who's going up against a team like Leeds but in contrast Wolves fixtures over the next couple of weeks are, are, are mixed to say the most there's Leeds Everton Palace West Ham so there's not really much value in me keeping a Wolves defender either I'll, I might be switching out two defenders this week in the waiver depending on what the available options are on our waiver wire yeah I couldn't argue with that so you'll have uh, Christiansen starting against uh, Norwich you'll have Reggian starting against West Ham still makes sense for his attacking outputs uh, Luca Dean, you'll be given the start against Watford, and then you'll be changing two defenders. Yep. Uh, if you, yeah, I suppose if you're having trouble up the rest of the pitch, it'll be nice to have defenders to rely on. I um, I, I wouldn't in earlier years, but this year I really very much see a lot of value in defenders with our our transition to the Fantrax website. Like in in FBL draft, their their site, the defenders didn't really seem like as much value with bonus points. But this year, getting getting four getting four clean sheets out of your defenders if you're starting that many is is absolutely massive. It's hard to overcome that for the opposition team. That's given them a, a good twenty points that you might not pick up elsewhere. Absolutely, I, I think um, last like last season on the official app, the average point per game was forty five, and I'd say in or around forty now is is the average points per game forty two maybe. Um, so those clean sheets do become more valuable. Stephen, so um, you can go through your midfield. Oh, sure, I was leaving a bit of time for Stephen to react. Let me, you can have, edit this sentence out, Stephen. <laughs> um, yeah, my midfield here is. Yeah, is, is so. Yeah, is Steve still there? I think yeah, I'm still here. Just not yeah. saying oh, anything. Yeah, you're so you're just so respectful. Thank you, Stephen. I'm just wondering what your input was in my defence, but I'm glad that you also wholeheartedly agree with the the wheeling and dealing like Harry Redknapp. All right, sure. You can kick us off with your mids, and Steve can cut out the last few minutes. <laughs> Fart. <laughs> So yeah, I'd be looking at my midfielders in terms of again the last couple of spots. Obviously, I'm, I'd be keeping Mount and De Bruyne, and I'd probably be starting them. Def nailed on for me is Mount unless he starts in the midweek in, uh, in the Champions League. I'd be definitely taking him against Norwich. There's bound to be points there, and Kevin De Bruyne as well against Brighton. Then I have uh, I've Gallagher, same as yourself. One, we both have Gallagher. Uh, it, that'd be my main one. He's very good, and he's against Newcastle, so I see midfield as my place that's going to change the least. Uh, I'm not sure I'll be making any moves against it. It'll probably be starting Gallagher against Newcastle, Mount against Norwich, and uh, Kevin De Bruyne against Brighton. Should be a good weekend for points picked up in my midfield, hopefully. Yeah, Kev, uh, Kev was subbed in the 64th there in the Champions League, so sure to, well, you'd be more confident in him starting at the weekend. I would. Uh, Mount based on the Champions League uh, yeah Gallagher hasn't been doing it the last two games but he's still a threat mm. um, and you're holding on to Trossard or? I think so there's there's not a lot of people in midfield as we've discussed and I'm sure it's been discussed in this before the midfield doesn't have the same depth as other positions so I probably wouldn't be risking dropping Trossard in case somebody else with a worse midfielder would be lunging for him yeah 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 he has a goal and assist to his name so far um, but kind of playing out of position, he's he's one of the front two in in a, but but actually marked as a midfield. So um, you're hoping he does the business. Been unlucky too. Hit the crossbar uh, at the weekend. Had a couple of saves. It's one of those things. Same with Gallagher. Mm-hmm. They're both looking like they might threaten, but not quite doing anything at the moment. Give him another week. And your forwards. Forwards, 
it's probably going to remain in stasis where you were discussing earlier about uh, I have Timo Werner brought in and he's got a history in the FPL fancy so far he just hasn't been able to make the returns that you'd expect of his level of talent and the chances in that Chelsea team but I'll probably I'll be keeping him against Norwich for sure and seeing how it goes my forwards will probably remain unchanged the only one looking likely is again that Wolves match Hwang Hee Chan may or may not keep him it depends when you have a flash in the pan player who comes in new and is playing 80 odd minutes per game and he gets two goals uh, and then doesn't return I'd, I'd maybe give him one more week and, and, and if not he doesn't return he'll probably be out the door but that'd be my only one where I'm looking to change up yeah, it reminds me of Akazaki there at Leicester. I picked him up and he did nothing. <laughs> I held him for like six six or seven weeks. He did absolutely nothing. Yeah. Um, your thoughts, Steve? I don't know. I just was looking at the lineup there and he's going up against John this week who typically scores pretty high most yeah. weeks. So, um, yeah, you're going to have to probably make a few a few uh, wheeling deals, try and match up with him there. Um Fresh off a, a win over Mark Gary, I'm gonna say it again. Fuck you, Mark. Yeah, he's on a he's on a, he's on a, three, he's on a five game losing streak, or no, a three game losing streak too. Get out of here, Mark. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, like most of those most of those deal or most of those um, ideas make sense, and uh, yeah, you'd be fairly set going into the weekend. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, anyway. I'm, yeah, uh, w- will you be starting Rashford against Liverpool? Ah, uh, it's a tough choice. I, I imagine you'd have to. He's too dangerous to leave out. But you know, Liverpool are uh, honestly, I would say, are probably the best team in the league to me at the moment. They just look really balanced throughout. the 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 defensive stability they've had this season in comparison to last just makes them look like a completely different team. It's 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 what Klopp has built them into be now. You know, if if they were to go on a bad run of form, I'd be very surprised. Uh, I. I just I I probably will start Rashford just because of that dynamism he contains and it, it it'd be tough to let, not put him in after he's come back from injury now. I certainly had Rashford last season when Man United got a a two one win against Liverpool after a bad run of form I think or something like that. Yeah, Rashford got a goal assist. Sounds about like right. That. That's that will be I hoping for. You know, they're good in the break and. Rashford will probably play. You know, Sancho has had a tough transition into English football from Germany and going from one of the most creative young players yeah. in the whole of Europe, and he's just really been struggling. And with more competition now, Cavani Again, uh, and Rashford are going to be looking for space, and Greenwood and Sancho are going yeah. to be the ones that are paying the cost. He'll be uh, monitoring the Champions League game, yeah. big time. Um, okay, thanks, Ty. Of course, maybe Steve, you might bring us down through your team for game week nine yeah there's not a there's not, not as many changes there's not as much to go through as Tyke's team um <laughs> Pickford will be going in against Watford Reese James will be going in against Norwich Cancelo will be going in against Brighton I'm conscious that Cancelo has played a full 90 during the Champions League but I'm going to give him a go anyway um just because it's too it's too good a fixture not to start him and uh, make sure to try and get a, a defender an extra defender in for one of those nice fixtures uh, Matt Tip and Robertson I'm debating starting both of them against United bold call I know but uh, I don't know just I don't know we'll see kind of fancy it might 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 change my mind on that one that's maybe one decision that I have to make um, Bowen and Townsend will be starting for me both boys are doing solid for me in midfield probably my only two midfielders are actually doing anything considering I have Sad- Madison and Sancho and then I'll be starting the front four which is uh, Salah, Rashford, Tony and Vardy I quite like. Uh, I just realised that all my forwards are playing against each other. Like Salah's playing against Rashford and Tony's playing against Vardy. But yeah, so maybe my uh, fixtures this week aren't the best. But I'm playing Mark Gary, so what I probably be fine. Yeah, I'm gonna uh, jump in with a bit of uh, you know defence or a bit of conspiracy theories going around from Connell McMullen. You know, it's you're, you're very lucky there, Stephen, and the fact that you're getting very confident, aren't you? Oh my God, the the lack of transition. No, like, no, I'm, just against like, Mark. No. <laughs> Nice. No, just against Mark and Connell's conspiracy theories can go fuck themselves. Like, because I'm one of the most highly con- uh, points against in the league this year. So, yeah, no, I'm not having it. He's <laughs> not on this pod. I am. So, no. Banished from this domain. He's like, nah, get out of here, kid. No, yeah, you're, you, you've been pretty great. You know, you've got the fifth place in the league. You see, you, you'd hope what to about, keep it going. What about you, Owen? I see that you're playing uh, Gary this weekend. So, fresh off of a, a close to a 50 Huge. burger. Huge he put upset. up against Connell. Huge upset win. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm hoping Gary retains his patchy form and uh, pulls a 
pulls a homer against me. Um, so my lineup, I, I I've already discussed my struggles with the keepers, either Ramsdale or Allison. I may end up dropping Ramsdale, but maybe I'm not sure because I I was big on the Arsenal defense there, and then the game against Palace was a bit shy. You can't be big on an Arsenal defense. We'll I'm very surprised at that one. We'll see how we go. I don't want to start Allison, given the fact that I've Ronaldo and Pogba who might be getting <laughs> dropped. Probably will get dropped. Uh, looking at the defence uh, Chilwell's going to start um, Laporte and Diaz I'd like to start but I, I see their um, uh, Laporte play the full 90 no Diaz plays the full 90 so Stone's probably getting a game um, at the weekend which is kind of annoying um, Lindelof I'm going to drop I'm going to end up picking an Everton lad up something like that uh, Cresswell against Spurs I don't know if I'll start him I'll hold on to him um, maybe first sub you know he's he's been a player that's been getting points on my bench quite regularly so um, I need to start thinking about playing him a bit more often especially when the likes of Kai Havertz and Pogba are only getting me one point most weeks Gallagher against sorry what's the Palace game? Newcastle Newcastle at home oh yeah oh yeah Gallagher starts big, big time uh, Kai Havertz depends on the Champions League Pogba I may drop I think it's a PSA I think you just got to get rid of Pogba yeah. at this point you got to cut loose yeah. he's not going to stay gonna, in that team offensively I'm going to be dropping Pascal Gross anyway so maybe I hold on to Pogba at least I get to watch him in the Champions League and maybe then bench him against Liverpool so at least I get to watch him for two games uh, because I'm going to be getting in a new midfield for Pascal Gross anyway so maybe I watch him for two games before eventually dropping him <laughs> and then Ronaldo, Mane, Son Bamford, I'd like to start all of them yeah. if I can, hopefully Bamford's fit I believe he will be yeah um, yeah, yeah, yeah he's expected to return so yeah, forwards aren't a problem midfielders, monitoring the Champions League Pogba will be benched Gross will be dropped, Gallagher and Havertz I'd like to start a little bit of a problem with Diaz probably not playing Lindelof getting the drop um, yeah, so a lot of changes for myself and trouble with the goalkeeper too but, uh, yeah, hopefully Gary then doesn't uh, uh, well, you, another 50, you've got a favourable matchup this weekend in terms of like being able to make changes and things like that, so I imagine that you'll be okay. I do have to. I'm curious that you have the 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 struggle there between the two starting two city players and the fact that you have Pascal Gross. Well, the city players, I think you can't really start two defenders against a team that threatens like Brighton. They might not do it, but it's a dodgy risk you're taking when there's other points available. And I'm amazed you have Pascal Gross. Has he has he done anything so far this year for you? No, I I just picked him up this week. I dropped Dwight McNeil. Oh yeah. Um, I've just been I've just been targeting um, Norwich. Yeah. So that's, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll just run through. Point. We'll just run through some of the other matchups in the uh, in our league this week. So we have uh, Cahill going up against Andy. I think that'll be an interesting one. Six pointer, sixteenth, uh, seventeenth. That's 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 a important yeah. game. Uh, Mark Lossie up against Connell which I think is actually going to be quite important because I think they're both around a similar position in the league so mm-hmm. far this year um, Owen Dillon will be playing Steve who you'd imagine Steve probably get the win there considering how well he's going this yeah. season mm-hmm. and considering he's got one of the least points faced um, you're playing John we talked about that already you're playing Gary we talked about that already Uh uh, team team auto, team auto draft is playing Thomas, so yeah, um, yeah I think that Thomas. Hope, well, it would be interesting now. We'll see how the auto draft team does against Thomas, but I, really? did, I didn't anticipate yeah. Thomas Tom, get the win. Thomas, uh, I, Thomas new to the league, but yeah, he's, he's doing. He's doing. No, very, no, he's doing very really well. I didn't want to. I, yeah, yeah. No, no, don't, don't, 11th, no, 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 don't give me, don't, don't, don't think me up wrong here, lads. <laughs> okay, I'm not having to go with Thomas. I'm just saying, be interested <laughs> to see how the auto, auto drafted team does. Because it, it came close against Mark last week. If it wasn't for uh, Firmino coming off of his bench, I getting do. like a hat trick and an assist, I would feel um, bad for for Ray. Poor Ray. He's the most passionate man. The fact that he auto drafted this year and he's in bottom place, yeah. I'd say it's eating away at his soul just a little bit. He he says he doesn't care, but he's an original six. He definitely cares a little. Yeah. Then we have Paddy going up against Connor Skeen, which I, uh, yeah could go either way really. But you'd imagine Fun Paddy matchup. probably get the win there. And then you have Porik going up against Mitch, whose team is shite. So uh, <laughs> Mitch is shite. Porik is a very interesting case this year in our in our draft group. So uh, yeah, there's a few exciting matchups in the league this week. 
spicy some of them are pretty good uh, Porig being fifths in the table so far I mean the only thing about his team is he's got five City players and that's that's tough he's got five City players and he's also got Salah and Mane and yeah. Robertson yeah he's so he's, he's that's like most of his team he's boomer bust at that man. stage boomer bust yeah yeah well it's worked for him so far yeah, yeah. very much so yeah, second most points scored for Porik, and he has the joint most. No, he's second joint most scored. Ah, uh, third joint most most scored against. Ooh. So probably unlucky to be sitting there in uh, yeah. fifth with five wins and three losses. Yeah, three losses is yeah, tough. He's, for him. he's 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 uh, yeah. Just just listening to that description of his team, there you'd be touting him for a good season. End of season honors are possible for sure for a previous jingle winner. Yeah, yeah, true. Two years ago. Um, all right, men. Thanks for a look at your teams and a look at the fixtures that are coming up. Um, I, I think we're kind of coming to a natural close here. Uh, any any final words from the men? No, oh, it's been exciting. I mean, well, not been exciting. It's been great to have you on, Tig. Um, great to have a look through your team and get your insight, especially about coming into this weekend's fixtures and how you're shaping up and what your what your hopes are for this season. Um, thanks for coming on. Oh yeah, absolutely a pleasure. You know, been involved with this fantasy football since well, since we started it up, and you know, it's it definitely gives you a reason to be a lot more invested in something that you already love. So it's 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 been great being on the podcast here, chatting away with you about things that we you know probably chat shit about anyway if we were all in the room together. Or being off in Amsterdam and, or Holland is the only thing that changes that. You know, it's been wonderful to, to chat here with you. Yeah, great, great to hear, Tyke. Uh, great to have you. Um, uh, and yeah, unfortunate to draw between us there, maybe a melodramatic end to an exciting weekend. Yeah, we, um, we didn't really get into the teeth of it with listeners, but it was it was a nail biter, everybody. It was rubbing arse tight. Rubbing arse tight. Um, yeah, thanks, Tyke. Um, next episode, episode six, I think will just be a look back on the weekend. Maybe we won't have two episodes next week. We'll see how we go. Um, Steve, have you anything exciting for episode six? Um, no, <laughs> put me on the spot here, Ron. Am I supposed to? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I don't have anything planned for episode six at the moment. It's still early days, so that might change. But um, no, I think uh, I think this week's fixtures are looking spicy, and our our Premier League matchup fixtures are just as spicy. So, should be a good episode. Yeah, podcast this is just going to be a big discussion about Steve Bruce being fired and whether or not Ole is better than Jurgen Klopp after a massive main night win on Sunday. You've heard it here first. And Steve will have a magic trick. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> I'm going to wrap it up. Thanks once again, Tig and Steve, as always. Um, Sloan. Bye, everyone. Bye, everybody. Thanks for having me.